Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Fargo. This is Season 1, Episode 3, A Muddy Road, written by Noel Hawley, directed by Rando Einhorn. Premiered April 29th of 2014. And I gave this episode a 9.5 out of 10. The majority of it really worked for me. There were a few scenes that I was not a fan of, but... I like the progression of the storyline. Lauren Mavo's character, played by Billy Bob Thornton, is the absolute scene stealer. What he's doing is the most interesting bit of the show. I'm a little less interested in Lester and what's going on with him. But when it gets back to what Mavo is up to and just about everything that he does... I find myself more engaged with the storyline. I'm not sure if I stated that this show is in 2006. Oh, that's the timeline of the series that these events are unfolding in. I meant to state it, so there we go. I will say the true story bit feels needlessly repetitive, and I'm still a little critical on how they are portraying some of these characters that they're putting them in a in a very it's too much right it's just a little too much to the left of believable that it becomes a little bit of a farce and i want to feel as threatened by these characters as they're supposed to be But when you try to put in some of the little, you know, more comedic bits, they sometimes take away from the full meaning of the story. And we'll talk about them as they unfold. During our recap, we start with a man in his office. Uh, I loved everything about this opening scene sequence. The feeling of drowning via his screensaver was a very quirky touch that worked. He keeps looking down the long aisle in his cubicle between the elevator and said cubicle. And you hear the elevator ding, so you know that someone has gotten off. And he looks back and Marvel's just standing there. Him being an accountant is uh, rather relevant, I feel. He apparently owes money and Malvo isn't here to negotiate, grabbing him by the tie and dragging him down the aisle onto the elevator and in the park, into the parking garage in full view of everyone. That shit was crazy. He keeps his face obscured just enough. This is terrifying. I wanted to be like, why isn't anyone intervening? But if you saw that shit, would you not just be like, he's on a whole nother level of crazy. I don't think I want to get involved. (laughs) Sorry, Phil. Don't know you that much. Only seen you in the hallways. This idea that he would strip him with a knife of his clothes is so bizarre. Then he puts him in the trunk of his car. And it was only then did I realize this was the man that was frozen or that froze to death. I've been listening to Bald Move, uh, their first two episodes of this show, and I'm excited because I don't watch a lot of The Walking Dead, so I I miss on some of their reviews. (laughs) 
and they mentioned the accent of martin freeman and let me tell you i can't tell one way or another what type of accent is supposed to be what i've never met anyone from minnesota nor have i considered it an option as a place i would visit i'm pretty sure if i had to be surrounded by said accent i would just jump into a cold lake or constantly walk around with headphones in my ears so that no one talks to me molly goes to Makano and snotes to interview the staff about what happened to phil since she is lead on the investigation and each of his co-workers have an idea of why he was dragged away gambling drugs sex with a 13 year old girl excuse me what the eh? the way she snapped at bob it was like some of the tea not all of it <laughs> i was wondering then why none of them called security but then i saw that they probably just watched it unfold like it was some type of blockbuster deal and just decided you know what i don't think they pay me enough on this government wage to risk my life that's kind of crazy and does make you question what you would do in said situation i know what i would do but are you me <laughs> i feel if it was like a little girl being kidnapped yeah i would intervene but some guy i don't know and some crazy motherfucker coming in with just a knife nah that's not something that's my business molly gets her first glimpse of malvo on the security footage the man himself goes to see the blackmailer at his gym i forgot what his name was and immediately he confesses in the closet <laughs> he said could you find a smaller room for us to talk in what never mind he doesn't even realize helena didn't hire him that he doesn't work for the law firm but that it is milos that he has to worry about this causes him to panic even more so so when he starts to hyperventilate lauren gives him a yoga ball and says squeeze this relax don't do it i got two questions in a comment why this specific amount apparently he wants to start a turkish bath question two what do you know about the money nothing really <laughs> and comment you're an idiot good news malvo is going to take over the blackmail despite working for the guy to uncover said blackmailer oh my god the blackmailer said i'm confused malvo says i'm not grimly is haunted by his inaction on that fateful night and finally confesses to his lieutenant in the bathroom of all places after running the license plate of his actions his lieutenant said i'm taking a shit that would be enough for most people but not grimly he's got to get it off his chest so he's like look i uh kind of sort of let the guy go with a warning it turns out that he was the killer and a triple homicide <laughs> that also involved the death of a police officer and he stole the vehicle of lester's which that's uh 
interesting because it ties him malvo to the crime so he's gonna remain a consistent threat to lester's uh like he's almost fucking with him you know i you give in to the devil's voice and there will be consequences don't listen to the devil and yet he continues his devilish ways it's a uh, it's funny trying to figure malvo out but he definitely just like with the kid you know not only did he encourage him and he pissed in the tank he called and immediately got him in trouble for his own actions and that's exactly what i think ultimately <laughs> he plans to do with lester the lieutenant is not happy that he pulled over the stolen car of the killer in an alleged triple homicide and <laughs> grimly seeing that it was impounded after the fact sounds pretty much like a weak sauce excuse how did you not know it was stolen if you didn't run the driver's license like what the fuck did you do he makes a remark and says it's sue falls all over again but he doesn't reveal what that means he does tell grimly he is going to pour through all of the mug shots to try to id the guy then call b-town because i can't call it bemiji <laughs> and take full responsibility for his fuck up to absolve the rest of the department of dipshittery and i quote dipshittery because i'm stealing it <laughs> from now on back to lester the key to life is happiness dream hope all these platitudes still surrounding him to give us an idea of his infound or his infound of his newfound <laughs> zest to live the life that he's not had before now that he has outwitted the law and murdered the obstacles in his way so to speak lester goes back to work and continues to play dumb anytime someone mentions sam hess but he's wrapped into taking papers for the widow gina has to sign because the one guy has to go do something with his teeth and i'm like yeah he really does the two get to day drinking lester and gina hess whiskey and she acts like the stripper that she still is on the inside draping herself all over the man despairing of having to be the parent to two wolves what did she say monsters mongrels animals i've taken shits i want to live with more than them i'm not surprised motherfuckers i just realized that the sun is in the expanse too he had that one-off episode when he was a martian i just know everyone from the expanse <laughs> i just watched titans and Karina was in that show she propositions him with anything he wants to get her money quicker when mickey sees this he shoots his brother in the ass with an arrow the creepiest part about the scene is wrench and numbers casually hanging out in the trees malvo goes to a street buyer to get some adderall a high dosage pretend i'm a 300 pound nine-year-old that can't finish the sentence i would totally buy that zombie kit though for real for real i feel like people are not taking that as seriously as it could possibly be 
Molly meets with I have no idea, but I thought the whole scene was pointless and absurd. The dog went out to confront an intruder, except he already knew said person, it being Malvo, who replaces Milo's pills, Milo's pills with Adderall, and kills his dog King, placing the new ransom note next to said dead dog. What a shot! of him coming out in his red robe then you have the dog with his neck slit open he's just got uh, artistically blood sprayed uh, and it's in white snow i will say this episode runs long this is the part of the episode where i expected it to be over so when it kept going i was like uh it kind of took you you know that's just how we're trained is 45 minute episodes these hour and 15 minutes whatever the fuck feels like a lot it feels like a movie and sometimes we didn't sit down and watch a movie we watched a tv show and that's what you (laughs) it's a mini series so i suppose that gives it more i just need to get used to that and some of the breaks though make it feel as if it's over so when it keeps going you lose the momentum Molly passes by the assassins in town who come to visit Lester as they saw him with the widow. I want to enjoy these scenes with numbers and wrench four, but I feel like there's a lot of comedy in whatever. I don't know who's wrenching whose numbers. That's another huge problem. But but I want to know what he's saying and the fact that he doesn't even really interpret. Like they have this relationship in which you're not let in on the joke, so it just falls flat <laughs> i'm just what i i have to do a lot of math to figure out what's going on why did lester say i have a deaf cousin as if that somehow you don't speak sign language so you having a deaf cousin only makes the situation worse when molly shows up all three men pretend the interaction was inconsequential which only a man hiding from the law would do when confronted with an obvious threat so now he's on their radar even more so milo seems to be rather pious surrounding himself with religious window pane he also admires the saint of badassery for responding to the romans burning him alive to say hey you missed the spot to the ransom note he replies uh they can eat a turd because now they want a million dollars he does no longer think it's the ex-wife because she loved the dog more than she loved him lauren has the perfect cover to move on to the property to shamiko's delight as he inwardly relishes watching the man poison himself taking those pills like they're just candy molly goes to bill and admits that she saw lester and showed him the photo that was slick too she went and showed up like she was looking for insurance and then he recognized the photo and then he immediately acts like a suspect but bill is beyond you know being rational ignoring any mention of him they're disservicing both characters as molly also could present more evidence before bringing it back up the next day after he pulled you off the case You know you can make a lot more (laughs) i just i don't like that those scenes together and bill i don't care how incompetent you are you know he does the stuff in bubble bath he should have never been second in line i I, mm, 
it doesn't feel like Vern is the type of person that would allow something like it's not nepotism what's the word i want to use for it a type of seniority idea over you know i sure he didn't have time to give his final wishes but there's just no reason why this man should have been anything more than on a desk <laughs> and never in line for to be chief so I, I it takes me out of these scenes when he's just being you know i'm just so upset right now and he turns around a lot of people seem to know this actor too from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. I didn't watch. I have not watched either. <laughs> Nor does it interest me whatsoever to get into either show. But it's it's not comical. It's just downright infuriating. At the prompt of his daughter, Grimly goes to see Molly in person to admit his error, but. She's desperate for any connection to Lester. <laughs> so finding out that his car was impounded and he lied once again saying that it was in the shop. It's, you know, she's impotent at this point and that she would be like, like any other police department, like one of our own goes down their balls to the wall pursuing every lead. That is every police of society that i know so this behavior just doesn't jive and it wouldn't be just molly it would be the entire fucking department wanting justice for one of their own so i, I once again just feel like that is a huge off put to the story grimly comes clean about his mistake that he was threatened when she sees his kid understands and invites both back to dinner at her dad's who knows the lieutenant in Duluth and once again mentions Sioux Falls so what's that all about? Lester comes to his brother and they both go shooting his brother impressed for the first time <laughs> in his life by the man. While taking a shower, Milo's water turns to blood and Lauren is setting this man up for mental crucifixion. certifiably crazy <laughs> and he enjoys every moment of it and i enjoy every moment watching him enjoy every moment of it that is our episode for this week if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease black on magic